Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time for about 15 minutes. And this time for me is 6.40 in the morning. If you're Dorcas, it's going to be 9.40. And if you're Virgin, uh, Victoria Purple, it's going to be about 8.40 in the morning. Adjust it for your time zone. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I come to you with an education background, meaning that I've had training as a teacher, but I also have had a huge interest in both health, nutrition, and exercise due to having uh, family members that have had some chronic and fatal health diseases that I really did not want to have happen in my life, and so I'm more about prevention than most other things. So this is the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call, um, if you're in the TR90 program, in a nutshell, it is one really good, clean meal a day, two shakes a day when you're first starting out, one, uh, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals, making sure to get seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables, um, there's a myriad of reasons why it has to be at least seven because um, it gives you fiber, some of the other nutrients that really help support that TR90 program. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is ideal. If you're not able to do that, do take it with your meal because it will still work. It just won't be fully loaded on board into your body's system to work at optimum levels but it will still work, so keep that in mind. Making sure to get seven to eight hours of rest daily. Um, that your body clears out a lot of toxins and stuff overnight and gets you really set up for the next day, which is one of the reasons why having plenty of rest is really good for you. Making sure to get... 30 minutes of exercise, moderate to heavy exercise, at least five days a week. and So that's 150 minutes weekly. Making sure also to drink plenty of fluid. Um, the current thinking is that you should be drinking at a minimum of one ounce for every two pounds you weigh. So if, for instance, you weigh 100 pounds, you should be at the very minimum, drinking 50 ounces of water daily. The water does clear toxins out of your system, both during the daytime and throughout the night. Um, staying hydrated is really important, along with the sleep and the exercise, to really help set your body up for a really good lifestyle change, because this is a lifestyle change. It's not a one-and-done type of thing, like, oh, I want to lose however many pounds or inches for X event, you may want to do that as a beginning goal, but as a long-term goal, that's not the goal of this um, program. I'm always looking for information that will help support that lifestyle change. And one of the books that I have found that has had a wealth of really good information has been Superfoods, Health Style, Simple Changes to Get the Most Out of Life for the Rest of Your Life. It was written by Stephen G. Pratt and Kathy Matthews. This particular book was published in 2006, so some of the information is dated, but a lot of it is still really good. And I'm going to pick up um, 
pretty much where I left off yesterday about exercise and why it is so important for us. Exercise keeps you young. Guess what? Much of the overall physical and mental decline that we experience between the ages of 30 and 70 has more to do with the sedentary lifestyle, which they are now considering the new smoking, by the way. The more sedentary you are, the more it's like uh, smoking cigarettes. Then the aging process. Exercise slows the deterioration of a host of bodily functions. It helps reverse impairment in sleep, sexual and cognitive functions, as well as the loss of muscle mass and bone mass. Most of us know that exercise affects our bodies, and that that's pretty obvious. We become stronger, sometimes slimmer, more flexible. Dr. Pratt found that many people were amazed to learn that exercise has a dramatic effect on the brain. Even those of us who think that we can live with some excess body fat or less flexibility or even a higher disease risk may will be motivated to exercise when we realize that doing so helps preserve our brains. Dr. Pratt is going to go into some detail in this aspect of exercise because it affects everyone with particular benefits for women, for men, for older folks, and for parents because it's a powerful incentive to get moving. It's dismaying to learn that the human brain begins to lose tissue as early in the third decade of life. The average lifetime loss are estimated at roughly 15% of the cerebral cortex, 25% of the cerebral white matter, and this loss of tissue is closely related to declines in cognitive performance during the same time period. Exercise to the rescue. In a meta-analysis of 18 controlled studies, Conducted over the past 40 years, it was found that aerobic exercise improves cognitive ability in people over 55. Interestingly, the people who showed the most dramatic improvement were previously sedentary. Moreover, relatively brief programs, one to three months long, provided as much benefit as moderate programs of four to six months long. Though, as you might guess, the longer a time, the longer time that a subject exercise, the greater overall improvement. There are now other studies that show similar results. Better cardiovascular fitness will produce a brain that is more plastic and adaptive to change. A study published in 2003 demonstrates that the physical exercise actually stimulates physiological changes in the brain. In this study, researchers scanned the brains of 55 people ages 55 to 79 and tested their aerobic fitness. Then using MRIs, researchers found that the physically fit subjects have less age-related brain tissue shrinkage than subjects who were less fit. One study of normal people 55 years old and older showed that the areas of the brain that were most gravely affected by aging also showed the greatest benefits from aerobic exercise. Now we have confirmation that the role of 
cardiovascular fitness is a protector and enhancer of cognitive function in older people, has a solid biological basis. In a nutshell, the simplest and most inexpensive way to delay the effects of sentience on human brain tissue is to get up out of your chair and to start moving. Personally, I find that brain-boosting benefits of exercise powerfully motivating. Many of my patients, especially older folks, agree. It's frightening to think that you could face a future with diminished mental ability. Most of us could imagine a happy life despite many disabilities, but cognitive decline is not one of them. There was one study that found that physical inactivity was an even greater risk to health than tobacco smoking. And in that particular study conducted on a Chinese population, one-fifth of the deaths of those over the age of 35 in Hong Kong in 1998 were due to physical inactivity. Women have special challenges when it comes to physical activity, but also particular benefits to gain when they are active. Women begin with a disadvantage in the fitness wars. Their reserves of muscle mass are considerably lower than those of men. They are generally weaker than men and with more body fat and less muscle tissue. As they age, their loss of musculoskeletal capacity affects them sooner and more pervasively than men. They begin to feel the impact of reduced fitness at least 10 years before men. Sadly, the statistics tell us that women are even less active than men. Over 70% of adult women do not engage in any regular activity. And women stand to gain a great deal from better fitness, maybe even more than the men. One study of 5,721 women found that fitness was twice as strong a factor in preventing death than in men. And in another study, previously sedentary women who became active halved, in other words, cut in half, their mortality rates from all causes. Most unfortunately, women who are sedentary often suffer from the results of decline before they're even aware it's happening. After the women in the United States die of cardiovascular disease, and nearly two-thirds of women who die suddenly from cardiovascular disease have had no previous symptoms. Also, elderly women can begin to suffer frailty, loss of mobility, balance, and so forth, which might never have occurred if they'd been physically active. Studies have shown that women in their 60s and 70s compared with those in their 20s have lost 30 to 39 percent of their former strength. Again, women often find that they're beginning to suffer the damaging results of a sedentary lifestyle before they even realize the extent of their decline. There is very good news for women, however, on what they stand to gain from regular physical exercise. For one thing, adding exercise to your life, life can lower your risk of cardiovascular disease, the number one killer of U.S. women. In addition, and additionally, there's evidence that improved fitness, regardless of any changes in weight, 
blood pressure, or lipid levels improves your overall health picture. This is extremely good news for women because it puts the focus back on the basics. Work on overall fitness with exercise and diet, and you'll make great strides in improving your overall health status. Once you get moving, pay attention to your optimum weight, blood pressure, and cholesterol levels. As I've already mentioned, that exercise can reduce a woman's risk for cardiovascular disease. An important meta-analysis concluded that physically active women had half the heart disease of those who were sedentary. Even more exciting for some women, vigorous exercise is not necessary for lowering your risk of cardiovascular disease. Women who walk one hour a week and had half the coronary artery disease of those who were sedentary. As little as one hour a week of walking yields a lower risk of heart disease, and walking need not be fast-paced to, to prove beneficial. The time spent walking was more important than the walking pace. Here's the little bonus I share with my women patient who are, patients who are totally sedentary. One recent study of more than 80,000 women showed that the greatest decrease in disease risk is a result of boosting activity from less than one hour a week to roughly one to two hours a week. This is not at all difficult to achieve. In this study, walking conveyed approximately the same benefit as the more vigorous activities among middle-aged and older women. In addition to a reduction in cardiovascular risk, women derive other important benefits from exercise. Women, particularly early menopausal women, might must work to fight the bone loss that occurs as they transition to a post-menopausal state. Exercise, especially weight training, plays an important role in in fighting bone loss and the resulting osteoporosis. There's also evidence that the regular workouts help to reduce the hot flashes, night sweats associated with menopause. A Swedish study which followed 142 women, menopausal women who did not use hormones, regular exercisers in this group reported half the number of moderate to severe hot flashes compared with those who did not exercise regularly. Eight years after this initial study, additional research showed that only 5% of very active women experienced severe hot flashes compared to the 14 to 16% of women who were sedentary in that particular study. Weight, smoking, and or hormone therapy could not explain the difference. Exercise has been proven to reduce women's risk of coronary artery disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, breast and colon cancer, as well as osteoporosis. Check out the fitness planner for women at mealsmatter.org. You can find it at http www.mealsmatter, that's spelled M-E-A-L-S-M-A-T-T-E-R, 
slash eating for health. So eating for health, all scrunched together, no breaks, slash tools, slash WFP.ASPX. So that website again is www.MEALSMATTER.org slash E-A-T-I-N-G-F-O-U-R-F-O-R-H-E-A-L-T-H slash tools, T-O-O-L-S slash W-F-P dot A-X-P. And I think I'm going to stop there for today because next time I meet with you, I will be picking up with what what's especially important for men. I'm in box off so we can say goodbye to each other. There we have it. Exercise. Why it's important, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me this morning. If anybody wants to say hello or goodbye or have any other comments, I gladly welcome them. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Good morning. Thank you so much for the information. What was that statistic on how many women die of cardiovascular disease? Did you say 50%? Uh, let me go back and see if I can find where wow. I had that it's, it, it was considerable, but it was. I think it had to do with the people that were sedentary. So uh, let's see. Showed area da 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 da. I'm trying to figure out where exactly I read that. <laughs> That's okay. It was probably about well, five gonna, minutes ago. Oh, probably about five minutes ago. So that means it probably toward the end. Good. Hmm. Yeah, it was. It no was, worries. I, I I could probably Google it, but I'd prefer to get it from you. If, if you no yeah. worries at all. Well, it says we stand to gain from regular exercise since it's our number one killer. And it puts us back into the focus of doing diet and exercise. So I I know that they did several meta-analyses. So it was... It wouldn't surprise me if it was that high. Half of the women in the U.S. die of cardiovascular disease, and nearly two-thirds die from cardiovascular disease with no symptoms. So, yes. Wow. But that's if you're you're sedentary. So, right. You know, got it. And that that does kind of fit with some of my family history, and I just, I don't want that to happen to me. Thank you very much. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for the information. It was fascinating. You are most welcome. Have a good morning. You too. And I am going to sign off so that everybody can get on with their day and hopefully they can get some exercise and possibly some fresh air. So this is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, signing out March 9th. Thank you. Yeah.